Amen, amen. It is so good to have you here with us. For those of you joining online, boy, you're missing the good stuff, but we, we're glad vicariously you can peek in on what God's doing. I'm so excited this weekend to have with us evangelist Greg Hubbard. He's coming one more time. Would you make him welcome tonight as he comes to share the word? Thank you so much, Pastor. What a powerful worship time. And uh, oh my goodness, great time of worship. I was telling Pastor before church, the team, their, their vocals and, and uh, the giftings God's given this great church. It's just, it's just so wonderful. And you hear about uh, over lunch today about all the young people that have gifts and talents and the fine arts and how they're just knocking out of the park. It's just awesome. I don't know where I was and God was handing out the music gifts, but I, I, I didn't get any of them. I don't know about you. And I played the harmonica. How sad is that? And uh, I played two songs, uh, Old Susanna and, uh, and Kumbaya. That's all I can play. And uh, Kumbaya might get me through an altar time, but, you know, Old Susanna is not going to work. But, but what a joy to be with you here tonight. I had a great time of lunch today with, uh, with the pastor and with Millie today. I had a great lunch. Missed you today at lunch today. Missed you. And, uh, but it's such a joy to be with this great family. But it was kind of an intimidating lunch today. If you were, How many were here last night? Anybody here last night? I mentioned last night that I'm not a camper and uh, that my idea of the great outdoors is opening up the hotel window, you know? And so I'm not a camper. So we're at lunch today, and I find out your pastor, he likes to do two things. There are two words that, in my book, there are two words that should never, ever be put together. And those two words are, ice climbing. I just don't know how they can be together. And, um, but, you know, he's talking about ice climbing and, and mainly about uh, climbing and, uh, you know, mountains and, you know, ropes or whatever. And I'm like falling under the table, whatever. I don't like going up a, a, an incline up. I don't like, like walking up my driveway. We're trying to get that fixed, a little bit of an incline there. And I, I kind of got to take a step to walk up, whatever. I'm trying to get rid of, but I'm just having fun. But I had a great lunch for them today at the Chili's Ministry Center, uh, right in, right by this area. So, but love his spirit, and uh, what an anointing it's on this couple as, as leaders, my gosh, and the gifting. And you can clap for your pastors and wife, my goodness. But I was sharing before church that, folks, there's, there's something different about this place. You're, you're carrying something very, very special here. Uh, there's an, a, a very unusual anointing that, that's, that's resting upon. I felt it when I was here last time for the Friday night, I think it was. And I, I told Robin, I, I, I said, honey, I sent it stronger now than even a few months ago. But I'm, I'm believing, I really believe this, that, that for, this isn't for pride. This isn't like whatever. I don't say this in every church, whatever. We live everywhere we go, whatever. But I don't want you to think I'm like shining your shoes before I preach or whatever. And um, not that your shoes need to be shined, whatever. But I did see some scuffs walking in, but that's a different sermon. No, I'm being silly. But I, I really believe that the days going to come soon where people are going to be talking. Have you heard what God's doing in Wrightsville, Pennsylvania? A sustained move of God, a sustained move of God. That that's not, I, I don't even mean services every night because God knows our frame that we're bedus and uh, we, we work and we have school, but I mean it's still a sustained move of God where God's glory just settles in this house. I believe it's coming here. 
I really do. And uh, I'm just so thrilled what God's doing. Hey, we're going to go to the Word in just a moment. I know not you, but some people think that like during COVID that Jesus kind of shut down shop and kind of like said, you know what, I'll pick up whatever. But Jesus never shuts down shop for anybody. Sometimes you're a statement. People say, well, that person or that church, uh, that person, uh, you know, they, they put God in a box. You know what? God has never spent a second in anybody's box. Now, you and I might be in our own box, but Jesus had never ever vacationed in your box. And he's not restrained. He's always on the move, always on the move. And, you know, for my wife and I, our lane, we have a kind of a narrow lane. And um, we love America. I want revival to grip America. Every church, for, I mean revival, every church. To see evangelism, to see souls come to Christ, and people baptized. The Spirit saw a glorious Spirit baptism over here last night. Jesus still baptizes people in the Spirit, and um, and also along with America, uh, we have a deep love for Zimbabwe. We have a deep love for India, and a deep love for Romania. And we spend much of our time in those three places. And I'm going to take in a quick tour because I want to set this up. We're talking tonight about amazing Jesus, the parameters of the power of God. That Jesus is in fact amazing. Amen. And so no one's going to get, uh, needs a passport. No one needs whatever. Uh, but a couple of this, yeah, picture paints a thousand words. So our uh, first picture, hope it came in order. Our uh, first picture, uh, this is an ultra cold night in Zimbabwe, Africa. We go there every year and, and uh, what we call festival, a hope crusades to plant churches. And when I give a call for salvation, the, the hunger for, that's just one part of the altar. Uh, when I give a call for salvation and um, I'll call up the pastor in a white table pastor, the new church, and they will begin discipleship right there for seconds of your conversion. And so the Zimbabwe is hungry for Jesus. Uh, next picture. Uh, this is uh, uh, one night, I forget what, what village we were in, and uh, but people in Zimbabwe are thirsty. One out of three people are HIV positive in Zim, and uh, the hunger is great. God's moving all over that nation we love, Zimbabwe. Uh, next one. Uh, this is also Zimbabwe. Uh, every night we have a Massive kids that reach every night, and uh, by the clowns, my wife Robin. She's not. She's not the clown, but she, she. She's well. She is a clown, but she's she's next to the. She married a clown, but Robin's. And so we bring teams, and we're seeing children saved, healed, baptized in the spirit, and um. And we go. What we do is we go in the village, all around the village before this, these outreaches, and um. They have a big parade and dressed in like animal outfits or whatever, and um. And uh, and then that crowd goes. It grows every night. So pray for the kids in Zimbabwe, Africa. Next picture, just real quick. Uh, we began uh, during COVID. Uh, we have a ministry director that, that serves with us, our team, and um, full-time there. And we have water projects. We're doing all over Zimbabwe. We plant churches and put solar-powered water systems where they get clean water, not with the old-school pump, but they turn a spigot. That's the most recent one that was just done, and the women come there and get fresh, clean water. Uh, next picture. This, I believe, is our, our, our ministry director, Semisi, an amazing translator. Uh, the guy comes up to, what about here on me, whatever? And uh, but, uh, so we're like Mutt and Jeff, we're you know, back to each other, whatever. And uh, But what what a, a leader this guy is, and he's rocking it there in Zimbabwe. Uh, next picture, and uh, now we're in India. We've gone to Zimbabwe for India. Every pr child in that picture will never, ever know who the earthly father is. 
They're all born out of human trafficking, all those kids. We were there about 10 years ago in Kolkata, India, where we go every, a couple times every year. And I'm in a room with 150 kids, whatever, different ages, up to teenagers. And I said, who are these kids? And they said, these are kids in the red light district born out of trafficking. We, we think of the horrors of trafficking, and it's terrible. But their children be born out of trafficking. So God just whispered to us, and we began a youth camp every October in Calcutta. We bought these young people in from the slums of Calcutta. And um, there's a group upstairs of older teenagers that went out for this picture. So you have a group for younger ones and older. Uh, they're getting saved. They're getting baptized in the Spirit. One, one little boy, uh, I remember he told one of our workers, he says, I'm so full of fear, I'm fearful. They said, just lift up your hands and start worshiping. And then instant, Jesus baptized them in the Holy Spirit. And so the Lord, it's, it's amazing. So here's our deal. Our feeling is this. If Satan can do what he's doing with trafficking, why can't Jesus save those kids, baptize them in the power of God, and launch them into ministry? And so pray for them. It's an amazing. Next picture. And uh, this is Seema, my beautiful wife, Robin. Uh, that's Seema. 30 years before that picture, 30 years before that picture was taken, Seema was found naked in a train station in the slums of Calcutta, India. Her mother, a prostitute, was trying to sell her to the highest bidder. This happens often in India, other parts of the world, and her mother's trying to sell her, and um, she was only eight at the time, whatever, and um, it just so happened, just so happened, just so happened, yeah, right. But the team we worked with were on a prayer walk that same day happened to walk inside the train station and walk in the middle of that mother trying to sell Seema to several men bound by lust and darkness and wickedness. And they're placing bids to buy that girl and, uh, and to uh, use her and abuse her or whatever. It turns out in that crowd that there was the highest bidder in the crowd. His name is Jesus Christ, the Son of Almighty God. Seema, Seema. Seema is now at the orphanage in, in Calcutta uh, with 51 other girls that have been rescued. This three years later, her, she has a vision. She wants a mother to come to Christ. She said to my wife, Robin, she said, help me make a card. I want my mother to know the same Jesus that changed my life. And so in that picture, uh, we, I think there's one more of Seema. Is there one after this one? Uh, next picture, yeah. Uh, we took 52 girls to a mall in India. I went shopping with 52 girls in India. I, I'm telling you, I'd rather go ice climbing than go shopping with 52 girls in India. And um, I, I think I actually would. And, um, but we, this, the first time she ever, ever picked out her own pair of clothes, new, uh, because of people's giving and par our partners, whatever. And so uh, we walked in this one store, and the workers said, uh, 52 girls are running around. What's happening? All these girls, when they learned out who her learning the girls were, they treated them all like princesses and blessed them and honored them. And so Seema is a young woman of God. Uh, next picture. Uh, this is a part. This is amazing. I'm almost done. Uh, this is a, a part of the red light district in the largest area in all of Asia called Sonaguchi. And we, our team there, listen, uh, they, they had no building, no base of operation. And I just said, what will it take to get a building and to buy it and to base in the middle of that hell on earth the rest of Morsimas? They said, well, just under $200,000. I mentioned it at a woman's Bible study. Well, my wife and I were speaking at a woman's at church. They said, women, whatever. They said, tell us some needs. I mentioned a, a, a guy comes up that night in church, at a church. He said, my wife came home just sobbing. I was crying all day. I get a check just under 200000 bucks. A building's being bought right now. 
to reach more, not, not one of those buildings, a better one, but to reach more seamless with the love of Jesus Christ. So uh, pray for India. Almost done. Next picture. We've been to Zimbabwe. We've been to India, and now you're in Romania. I was just there just a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago. I know them all by name. You love those young people. You love them. Uh, they're amazing young people. Matter of fact, the little boy, there's two little guys in the front with light blue shirts. The one on the left, with the uh, right rather, with a double pocket, name is Daniel. You ask Daniel, Daniel, what do you want, what do you want to do when you grow up? When you grow up, what do you want to do? He'll look at you and go, one day I will be the director of this orphanage. He's got God's touch on him. He's a great drummer. He's a lead drummer. The little guy, the lead drummer in their, their, their church Sunday. The kid's a phenomenal drummer. He doesn't know it yet, but someone blessed us in. We're bringing him. You're, are you live streaming tonight? I hope they're sleeping sometimes. But we're bringing him a brand new electric drum set where we go in June. Uh, so those young people, their stories would melt you. They love God. They love Jesus. And some of them, uh, uh, their stories would uh, just would, would bring tears. The older ones in the back, we, we take them now on mission trips uh, where we fly to other parts of Armenia. And we go in Turkish Muslim villages where Micah Anandeskaleski, you support them, minister. And in one village, half the village got saved in one night. I, I called a pastor buddy in Staten Island. I said, buddy, I said, I'm in, I'm in Romania in a village, and these young people were so used by God, and how the village got saved tonight? There's no church here. He said, well, there's going to be. They said a team to finances, and a wonderful church is now built in Kajuk, Romania, because God is God building his church. And so pray for them. Uh, we, we go back in a couple of uh, uh, June. We love them. Next one, I got a couple more. We're done. This is Lavinia, our first time ever full-time intern in Romania. She serves full-time, fully funded, and uh, feeding programs, kids outreaches, and, and uh, all kind of ministries. The touch of God is all over Lavinia's life. If you're a young person and sense God's call, whenever base your decision on God's call, by how much money you've got in your pocket or your parents, because God's got a lot more in his pocket, and God will provide for you. And so God's met Lavinia in a great way. And the last one, this is Rebecca. This is a Romanian daughter, Rebecca. My wife and I have three babies in heaven, and uh, some go, Greg, you're never going to know your children. Yes, I am. I'm looking for three kids who are the large heads who sweat and talk very, very fast. They belong to me. They're my kids. But that's Rebecca. Met her when she was 11 years old. Her mom and dad, are we love them dearly. They direct the orphanage in Romania. And uh, we met her at 11 in a miracle. She's now in America. She graduates a week uh, next Friday from the University of Valley Forge. It was just, it's just a miracle, God's hand upon her life as a young girl. You know what, friends? Listen, Jesus Christ is amazing. He's shaking India. He's shaking all of Zimbabwe, Africa. He's shaking Romania. There's a legit youth revival rocking Romania right now. I'm telling you, uh, young people being touched. Jesus Christ is moving all over this world. Why, why, why even say that? Because some folks, not you, love to talk over cups of coffee in church lobbies about how bad the world is and how big the devil is and uh, you know, just the church. I've had one guy say, well, uh, the churches are now for Listen, Jesus said, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell are not going to prevail against it. And so the Lord's moving. And the reason he's moving is because nothing is beyond the parameters of the power of God. And I want to mention that just quickly tonight from March chapter 1. Thank you for bringing, just bearing with me to show you those pictures. Now, I just want to show some vacation pictures. I'm only kidding you. Mark chapter 1. 
Mark 1, verse 21, on a gorgeous night here in, uh, in, in Wrightsville. Mark 1, 21, it goes like this. Here we go. Jesus said to his companions, uh, and his companions, it says, when the town of Capernaum, when the Sabbath came, he went in the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority. Quite unlike the teachers of religious law, suddenly a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an, an evil spirit cried out, why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus reprimanded him, be quiet, come out of the man. He ordered, and at that, that evil spirit screamed through the man into a convulsion, then, then came out of him. Amazement gripped the audience, and they began to discuss what had happened. What sort of teaching is this, they said, asked excitedly. And in such authority, even evil spirits obey his orders. The news about Jesus spread quickly throughout the entire region of Galilee. Now look at verse 29. After Jesus left the synagogue uh, with James and John, they went to Simon and Andrew's home. It says, now Simon's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a fever. They told Jesus about her right away, so he went to her bedside, took her by the hand, and helped her sit up. Then the fever left her, and she prepared a meal for them. That evening after sunset, I love this visual, after sunset, many sick and demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. It says the whole town, that's amazing to me, not half the town, the whole town. It says the whole, imagine all of Wrightsville. Imagine all of Wrightsville streaming to, to Orange Street, whatever, and saying, I've got to see for myself what's happening in the lives of so many people. It says the entire town, whole town gathered at the door to watch. So Jesus healed many people who were sick with various diseases, and he cast out many demons, but, but because the demon knew he was, he did not allow them to speak. So this is just one day in the life of Jesus. Just one Sabbath. Uh, Bible tells us that there will be no books written to ever uh, uh, be able to contain all that Jesus said and all that Jesus did. And so we just read a chunk of scripture, uh, one day in the life of Jesus, and what we see are amazing testimonies of the parameters of the power of God. That nothing's beyond the parameters of God's power. Uh, when you read the scriptures and the gospels, whenever Jesus said something, the often response was, we've never heard anybody talk like this. Whenever he would do things that would step back like in our text and say, we've never seen anybody do anything like this. And so there was a sense of awe. I love the NLT tells it in this passage that after that demon came out, whatever, and uh, that amazement gripped the crowd. I pray, God, bring the awe back in the house. Bring the amazement back inside the house. I'm aware we serve God for a number of years, and there's some things that we get familiar with, and it's wonderful, but I don't want to get to a place, I don't think you do either, that the presence of God becomes commonplace. I don't want to get, I can't afford to get churchy. I'm in church too. I can't afford the kind of business as usual. I'm praying, God, I don't want to lose the awe and the wonder of who you are. And so in the scriptures, we see so simple, this amazing Jesus that shows us how powerful he is. He shows us in the first few verses of our text that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has all power over every single demon spirit. 
Now imagine in the text, it's, it's the Sabbath, and they're in the synagogue, and I, I have a, a feeling by the response of the people that this wasn't the first occurrence of a demon trying to, to, take, uh, uh, to, to hijack the service. Imagine uh, they're having their service, and a, a man bound by a, a demon starts speaking out, and uh, I picture somebody elbowing his, their wife or husband and says, you know what, oh, there goes Fred again, whatever. Now, if your name is Fred, that's not a prophetic word for you, okay, Fred, Fred, relax, okay, Fred, everything's good, unless it fits, but no, it, it, it's, just, it's okay, I'm just having fun with it. So imagine, a demon tries to hijack the service, starts speaking out and shrieking, and, and I bet there's other Sundays or other Sabbaths, rather, I bet they'd sit there and go, oh my gosh, and here we go again, whatever, but today was different because, again, like last night, everything's different when Jesus Christ is in the house. When Jesus is present, he is Lord. He is the cornerstone. He is the topstone. He is the capstone, church. And so Christ is in the room, in the synagogue, and, and the demon speaks, and Jesus shows all authority by speaking, saying, be quiet. He says, be quiet and come out. No long discourse. I know a guy was telling me one time, he was telling me how he likes to be involved in deliverance. And he said, he says, I, he said, I'm quoting him, he said, I love to kid around with the demons. And uh, he says, I love to I like you know, have conversations and, and confuse them, whatever. Can I just say something? Jesus never had a long conversation with a demon. Jesus didn't mess around. And we have to be careful that we don't get this thing where we can end up with the seven sons of Sceva. Who were they? Read your Bible. You'll find out. Well, we think that we carry a power when we don't. And so, so imagine Jesus, the demon, starts to wreck that service. And, and Jesus just simply says, says, be quiet and come out. The Bible tells us the demon was quiet and came out. Shook the man, convulsed on the floor, completely delivered by the power of Jesus Christ. If folks are sitting there, the ice biggest half dollars, and one guy says, Myrtle, I've never seen a Sunday like this in the house ever before. There's nothing like a move of God, church. Say, Greg, you saying tonight something in this room could be down bombed by a demon? Maybe if you are, I got good news for you. Tonight, that demon's gonna get his eviction notice. Satan has all authority over every foul demonic spirit. And, and I realize, say, Greg, I'm here tonight, and I, I, I'm not possessed. And, and listen, Jesus is still setting people free, by the way. In Zimbabwe, every night we give an altar call. Demons are coming out of people, and we have all separate area for deliverance. And same in India. Jesus still has all authority over every demonic spirit. What can sometimes freak us out never freaks out Jesus. He has victory over every power of the devil. But some say, Greg, it's a Saturday night, and we're here, and there's nobody possessed. Well, maybe you're here, and you're not possessed, but Satan's been vexing you. You're under an attack of the devil. You say, Greg, I'm under an attack, and I feel like an oppression. I feel like whatever. Listen, we're not, we're not minimizing your battles, but we magnify the power of the blood of Jesus. Tonight, I come against every foul devil that's trying to distract you, try, 
Hey, can I ask you a favor? Can I? Can you crank up this mic or, or something? Can help me out a little bit? And there's no mind just to help me out. Just to thank you. So, oh, that's beautiful. Can you make me sound like Lou Rawls? Can you do that, please? How many know who Lou Rawls is? Do you, you know who Lou Rawls is? How many feel old right now? Come on. Come on. When I get to heaven, I'm going to sing like that guy when I get to heaven. Now, I don't want to sing like him. I want to be more like Lecrae. I want to be a, a hip-hop, more of an urban guy when I get there. This is what I, I just, it's just, it's, it's going to, going to pull my pants down a little bit. Come on, going to get them down, whatever. Going to walk around heaven, man, just hip-hopping for Jesus, whatever. Get that vision out of your head right now. Get it out of your head right now. Can I just stop for a second? My wife, I think, you know, with some companies watching, honey, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm being too silly tonight. Jesus Christ has all power over every foul, wicked spirit. Our first time ever in Sri Lanka, I'm with a friend of mine who pastors in, in Hazleton, Pennsylvania. He'll, he'll uh, confirm the story. Rodney Murphy, a good friend. We're in Sri Lanka, and we got there. We're going to be part of a convention or whatever, and speaking at a Bible school, and I'm thing at night, whatever. And now we walk into church early in the morning in, 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 the, in Colombo, Sri Lanka. It's like a teardrop below India. And we walked in, arrived the night before, whatever, wake up, whatever, and I go to church really early, full day of services. We walked in the door, and the first person we met wasn't the local church greeter. It was a woman bound by demon spirits. There's a woman that was with her, and this demons were manifesting. Demons were, demons were manifesting. She wasn't having a bad hair day and a bad voice day. Demons were manifesting. Demons were manifesting. And uh, you don't need to be a rocket science sometimes to discern, but discernment's critical in the day we're living in because he comes like an angel of light, but this demon was tormenting this woman. So we dro- I, had like, I had like five services that day. So I look like I'm, I'm packing for a year because I, sometimes I, I sweat, sometimes. So I, got, I, so I laid my clothes down, whatever, we can praying for her, deliverance, believe in God, casting out devils, and we're praying about 15, 20 minutes, and I, make it some, I hope we're making some headway, whatever. We're just believing God to touch her. Didn't know the, the woman with her, the, what she's saying, but we knew that the woman needed to be set free. So we're praying in the name of Jesus, devil, you come out. You got no authority, whatever. We could sense God's presence. In, but as we're praying, somebody will walk toward us in a nice suit. And I, not that I'm stereotyping, but hey, he looked like he maybe one of the staff and showed up. He was the pastor. And so uh, we're, we're there. And I'm like, we're like, uh, this woman's on the floor. One of the women hold her down. We're in the name of Jesus, come out, whatever. And Satan, whatever, we're praying and all these things. And I, I look up, whatever. And I see him kind of walk over and kind of gives me one of these. And I, I'm, I'm thinking, I didn't know exactly who with the moment. I'm thinking, oh, well, we got, there's something going on right now. And uh, whatever. But so, we're, you know, in the name of, and just like he kept walking, just very calmly, very calmly. Wasn't rattled, whatever. Very calm. And, and just kept kind of, and so I just we, I stepped outside and, and walked over. And, and he said, are you Brother Greg? I said, yes, sir. He said, welcome to Sri Lanka. There's a woman bound by, de- this like legionette is on the floor at my feet. Not legion, legionette's on the floor at my feet. He just, he says, how was your flight? And Pastor Rod is still down there praying and sweating. We haven't had a cup of coffee yet, and we're, we're pr- whatever. And I said, oh, it was a nice flight. He says, man, he said, we're just so glad you're here. He said, the first service, and, and this woman, is demons are manifesting, and he's talking to me like, like whatever, like here's the day. And it, it looked like this. This is what happened. He says, well, Greg, we're glad we're here. I would have many services. I'm believing God for a great day. Jesus. And um, we are just so thrilled. At all. And I'm thinking, what in the world just happened? 
he just went, can I, can I do it again? Because I enjoy doing that. Can I do it again? It was, you know, we're just so glad you're here. How was your flight? Oh, my gosh. I know, we hope you enjoy Sri Lanka. Uh, we import tea. We have great tea. Jesus. And, and uh, we're just believing God for a wonderful, wonderful day. All I know is once he yelled Jesus, whatever who was in her was gone at the mention of the name of Jesus Christ. The woman got up, completely changed, because that's what Jesus Christ does. He breaks the back of the power of darkness and sets people free. He looses the chains and bands of wickedness, and he sets people free. And I watched that woman moments earlier looking like growling and, and the, the, the things and just the, the sounds and, and the thrashing get up and walk away like the most dignified woman of God. Someone else ministered to her later and, I'm sh and whatever. But I'm thinking to myself, he says, the pastor says, uh, come on, look, we're going to make our way and drop your things off. There's first service order. I'm thinking, dear God, I'm, I'm walking in laying hands on myself, thinking of that's what's happening in the hallway, what's going to happen in the services all day long. And all day long, we watch the power of the name of Jesus break the back of the devil. So that we're not trying to be goofy, not trying to be like, like to, uh, uh, too uh, mystical, but we're saying this, that satanic warfare is real, that Satan's out to steal and kill and destroy. That's why it's after young people, and as many, many of our young people now, are, are, they're questioning, am, am I a guy or am I a girl? And listen, the devil's all behind that stuff. He's all behind the church, and he's out to confuse people, but God is never the author of confusion. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Come on. If, if, if you're in the room tonight, if you're in the room tonight and say, Greg, I'm here, and Greg, in some area, but it's a satanic attack on my family, my, my marriage, there's something happening. Tonight at this altar, in the name of Jesus, I serve notice on every demon from hell that you are free tonight, you're going to be delivered tonight, and you are going to be set free to enjoy the goodness of God in the land of the living, because devils bow to that name. Jesus has all power over every demonic spirit. Can you imagine leaving church that day 2,000 years ago? But he shows us in the text the only power over demon spirits. But imagine they leave the service that day. There's a buzz. They're thinking, can you believe this? We've never had a Sabbath service like this. That guy's been driving us nuts for years. That demon would manifest. But this one called Jesus of Nazareth, he spoke to that demon. Who is this guy? They're saying these things. That demons obey him. He speaks with a, not like the religious people. They're all talk, all words. But the Bible says the kingdom isn't, uh, uh, isn't a kingdom of words. It's a kingdom of power. Listen, we've never heard anybody speak like him. So now church is over. Church is over. And what do you do when church is over? You go eat. You were, you were looking for something real spiritual. I know you were. You go eat. I mean, come on. Is that how we are? We're at the altar. God just blessing God. And then just, uh, God, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Pizza, calzone, a cheeseburger. Thank you. Oh, God, thank you to uh, lasagna. Thank you, Jesus. Red Robin burger. Thank you. Isn't, isn't that who we are? And I find refreshing. They left the synagogue that day. We went to the home of Peter and Andrew. 
Imagine Jesus, they walk in the house, and I'm not sure it was cooking on the stove, but they get in the house, and I picture Jesus plopping in a chair. Listen, when virtue comes, there's a, there's a, a sense of draining, and that's why you would often want the lonely place, and he prayed, and be refreshed and strengthened from the Father. Imagine Jesus just, just plopping in a chair in, in Peter Andrew's house and probably get a ball game on, watching, I don't know, the Patriots slam the Ravens. I don't know, whatever. And, um, but just, just sitting down, relaxing, watching, whatever, and, or just sitting, having a cup of tea, whatever, and somebody walks in the living room and says, Jesus, uh, Pete's mother-in-law, she's in the back room and she has a fever. And the Bible tells us he gets up and say, you know what, listen, I'm going to grab some munchies first and I'll connect with her. He gets up right then. The same Jesus that an hour earlier is has authority over demons. I mean, over, over witchcraft and, and devils, and he shows his power by speaking his voice, and he now gets up and walks into a back room, and Pete's mother-in-law is on the couch with a fever. Now, I'm not minimizing fevers because some of you have lost a loved one to a fever, and that can be very serious. But, but so don't misinterpret me being insensitive because I, I, I would never want to do that. But listen, at the same time, sometimes a fever, never, never fun, but a fever isn't always life and death. Sometimes it just, I just feel, I feel a little heat or whatever. I, I probably look like I always have a fever when I preach. And that's what you're thinking, so I thought I'd say it. And, um, but you just feel lousy. She just had a fever. He gets up, walks in the back room, touches her, and instantly the fever leaves her. Now, some folks think that maybe Peter later denied Jesus because Jesus healed his mother-in-law. Just want to let that settle in for a minute right now. Come on, come on. Jesus, I'm sorry about that. Robert, I'm sorry about that, baby. I'm sorry. When you're not here, the wheels come off. I'm sorry. I'm looking at those lights. I think the cameras, I'm looking at the lights like that stood up there, whatever. Robert, I'm sorry. And while I'm at it, can I, forgive me. My mother-in-law is a wonderful woman. Okay, I'm back. The Jesus who has authority over demon spirits, the same Jesus who has authority over life's disruptions. There's some in the room tonight say, Greg, you can preach, sweat, and spit. I'm in a room tonight, and I'm not bound by a demon. But, Greg, I'm, over, I'm overwhelmed with my car. It's about to break down, and I don't have any money for a new car. And, Greg, I'm a high school kid, and my parents are talking divorce. And, and Greg, I'm just feeling kind of under the weather. And, and, Greg, I've got some issues at work, and I'm trying to find a job, whatever. Isn't it amazing how Satan comes to rob our joy over those little foxes that spoil the vine? We see it over and over and over. And that's why First Peter 5, 7, 10. Tells us because he knows he battles with this. The Lord says through, through Peter, he says, I want you to cast all your anxiety on me. God says, I want all your anxiety. I want it all, God says. Cast all your anxiety on him. Well, because he cares about you. And over some tonight, it might sound so simple, whatever, but God happens to actually care about you. You're not a burden to God. But God sees you. God isn't, God isn't burdened going, oh, you know what, man, here they go. God happens to love you tonight, church. Remember this song I wrote many years ago, Give God the Glory. No idea how well it would do, but the song I wrote, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Remember when I wrote this song, Jesus Christ loves you tonight, church. 
I remember as a little boy standing on the street where we live, there weren't believers yet, and I was standing next to my dad, six foot seven dad. He was a pro athlete many, many hundreds of years ago. My dad played pro basketball many years ago. And, uh, and I'm on the, the side of the street. My dad was a very kind man, wasn't a believer yet. He gave his life to Christ later. And, uh, but I'm a little kid, eight, nine years of age, and a family walked down our street, and my dad looked at me and said something I had no idea that would mark my life. He looked at me and said, hi, my dad would say hi to a telephone pole. He just loved to be nice to people. And, and when the family walked by, my dad looked at me by the big tree in front of the house, and he said, son, don't ever forget that everybody matters. Everybody matters. Everybody matters. And we'd be amazed how many good people in our churches wonder. They know all the theology on paper and all the doctrine, and they serve and have keys sometimes to every door in the church, but they secretly wonder, does God actually love me? Does God actually care about me? And I'm here to tell you on a beautiful Saturday night in Pennsylvania that God sees you and God knows you and God loves you. He cares about you. And that's why 1 Peter 5, 7 even tells us, I want you to cast all your anxiety on him because, because he cares about you. Hebrews 4, 15, we don't have high priests who was unable to empathize while their weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are. Yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy, it says, and find grace to help us in our time of need. Uh, listen, if you're in the room tonight and you're under a satanic attack, tonight at this altar, we're going to lay hands on you, and we'll believe for the power of the blood of Jesus to rescue you, to deliver you, and set you free. If it's the clinical depression tonight, it's broken in the name of Jesus. If you're bound by fear and inferiority, and you're bound by all kind of phobias, I say tonight it's over in the name of Jesus because devils still tremble to that name. But what about the person? What about the person that says, Greg, I, I, I'm glad for that, but, but I've got some issues. I've got some burdens. He wants all your anxieties. Everything that we, God will go to great lengths to let you know he sees you, he knows you, and he loves you tonight, church. I remember it was a number of years ago, and I'm going to end just in a minute here. Pastor said try to end by 11, but I can't go that long. I just, I feel a check. I, I, got, I have an appointment at 10 to go ice climbing practice. And um, <laughs> when we lost one of our babies in pregnancy, we had meetings in a place called Lancaster, Pennsylvania, at New Life Assembly of God, John. And I remember in the middle of the night, Robin woke up. We were in the Rockvale Hotel. No longer is that the same hotel, but in the Rockvale Outlets is a hotel there. Now I forget what it is. It doesn't matter. But Robin woke up in the middle of the night and said, Honey, something's wrong. Something's wrong. I'm in pain. And I said, oh, baby, you just didn't know what I, and we, she said, baby, no, it's really bad. So we got in the car, went to, is there a Lancaster General Hospital, I think, whatever. So we get in the car, we go there, whatever. And I remember that night in the early hours of the morning, we're, we're going to begin meetings there in New Life on that Sunday morning. And I remember uh, being behind the curtain with Rob and I heard the nurses whisper and I heard them say, do they know that she's pregnant? Do they know? 
when I first heard those words, I thought, oh, my gosh, what a miracle. I'm thinking, thank you, Jesus. Oh, what a miracle. We were praying, God, thank you, Lord. And the, but then the reality that there were complications and, and just fast forward to a tubal pregnancy and surgery. And I, I remember Robert going into surgery and, um, and, and praying for my bride and looking at her face, the countenance and and, and, and just the, the loss, and oh, and I remember going back to the room, and I remember I should have called Pastor Tom, John. I should have, he would have let me cancel, he would have. But I remember I woke up that morning, went to church in, in, in Lancaster and preached that morning. I didn't feel like preaching. I probably did a horrible job, whatever. Didn't want to be, and I, 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 just, I just look at it now, like, what am I, what was I doing, whatever. And, uh, and I go back to the hospital, whatever, and uh, Robin came out through that wonderful, but they said she can't travel. She needs to rest for, for a few weeks, whatever, just for physical and emotional. I put my bride in the plane to go up to Maine where her parents took good care of her. And uh, I'm now in the car, and I'm driving alone to meetings in Niagara Falls, New York. Meetings I also should have canceled. I should have canceled them. And I want to be careful because I'm not trying to take the focus off my bride because the, the trauma of losing children. Some of you have gone through that. My heart breaks for anybody that has children in heaven that were lost in pregnancies. And remember, they're in the arms of Jesus and they're waiting for you. And, and he'll take good care of them. And God's got a purpose behind everything. Isn't that right? We, we believe that. I never, all those kids you saw on that screen tonight, I might sound kind of sappy to you, but they're my kids. I love those kids. And I wouldn't trade the call of God for anything. And, but yet, sometimes life. Things, sometimes the disruptions in life. And I remember I'm on the road to Niagara Falls, New York, and I'm driving our Ford vehicle from Lancaster, these back roads to get to whatever highway when the rear tire on our Ford van, the, the lug nut snapped and shot up the side of the road. It's never a good thing when one of your tires flies off the axle. How many know what I'm talking about? It's not a good thing if that happens. If that ever happens, you might want to pull over something's wrong with your vehicle. One, I, I'm driving, and all of a sudden it's rocking, and a tire shoots up the road, up the road in front of me. I'm thinking, that's not good. Thank God didn't tip over. I go to the side of the road, and I'm there distraught, upset, confused, thinking, what's happening? I know what that sound is. Thank you for helping me out there, my brother. Thank you so much. We're going to go to commercial. We'll be back in five seconds, okay? <laughs> and I'm standing there on the side of the road thinking, what in the world's going on right now? And cars are going by me, whatever, and and, uh, and then this guy, about two minutes later, this guy with bib, the, he had a jean overalls and a big hat on and a white beard with yellow around his mouth, his whatever. And he's, he's walking up the side of the road like he's walking his dog, only he's rolling a tire. Just like, he's, like he did it every day. Not easy to do that, actually. Try it. Not easy. But he, he just, just walked up the side, not, not, not like a just kind of whatever. Just very, and he, he just, I'm just looking at him, thinking, I'm, I'm thinking, that's, that's my tire. That's my tire. He just wheels it over to me and just comes up and he says, this is your tire. I'm thinking, well, good guess. I got a vehicle with three tires. That would be my tire. He said, there's no problem here. Everything's okay. I'm thinking, buddy, there is a problem. Everything isn't okay. He says, listen, my truck is down the street. I'm going to go down and get the truck. I'm going to come back, pick you up. Uh, there'll be a truck coming to get your van. There's a Ford place about four miles up the road. Uh, they will take your truck, your van to the Ford place. And you'll be on the road. Once it arrives, you'll be on the road to wherever you're going within 60 minutes. I'm thinking, who is this guy? 
But you know, when you're like rattled by things in life, when you're sometimes it's nice to be around people who just have a sense it's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. And I'm standing there. He comes back with his truck. That wasn't encouraging. His truck was older than dirt. I think my three-wheel van could beat his four-wheel truck in a race. I'm not even kidding. The thing was like a, just like a, a pile of junk on wheels. And I got inside of it. I, I, why I remember this, an empty Burger King soda, whatever. And there's like papers and junk. Or just, and I'm sitting, and I get in, and I don't even know this guy. And he said it again to me. He said, there's no problem here. Everything is going to be just fine. We get to the Ford place, and I'm taking way too much time with this, but it's your fault because you're nice people. But I don't like people. I'd already be in my car going back to the hotel, but you're nice people. So just, I'm almost a, And so I, he says, we get to the Ford place. He says, we, we, I'm walking with him inside of the service. He says, no, you stay here. I go to the desk. It was very bizarre. But you ever get so rattled, you just, you're not handling things right in the moment. Your mind, my mind's thinking about my wife. I made a dumb decision not going home with her. With, with, I just did so many, in the emotion, the trauma of losing a baby and my wife and her disappointment, all these things. And so I stood there and he walks up, I'm a grown man. He walks up to the counter for me like a little kid. And they're talking at the counter, the back and forth. And then they all look over and he points at me. And I, I'm, I felt kind of stupid. I just, I just, I just went, I just, what do you get to, Kind of gave it one of those and went back to talking. Then he just he gave me the motion. I went over. I walked by him. He walked by me. I never, ever, ever saw the guy again. Now, don't listen. I'm not saying I turned around and he like walked into a field of corn and I disappeared. I'm not saying that. He didn't walk into like, like a, tire, a bunch of tires and disappear in the tires and said, you preached it, they'll come. It wasn't anything. It wasn't anything. But he was... He was gone. How we left, I'm not going to say, I'm just, I just, gone. So I'm sitting there. And I was on the road to Niagara Falls under one hour. They passed up the things. The van still had more work to get done. I get to Niagara Falls, whatever. I told Pastor Bill Kirk, who's now the assistant superintendent in the New York district, a good friend, man of God. He knew the story and had to bring it in when I was in Niagara Falls to get more work done. And the last night comes in those meetings. And Bill walks up to me with a treasurer named Michael Fiore. And uh, they had two checks for me. He said, hey, here's the check for the meetings. Thank you for being in ministry. Then they said, here's another check. And because I, I got the bill that week from the other place, the other work to get done, the bill came. And the devil's after you. He's after you. Because the bill from the place that did the further repair came to $666 even. Now, I don't get, normally that doesn't freak me out. That kind of got me a little bit. My wife is in sorrow and mourning and suffering and, and the sense of loss, all the questions. And I look at the bill and I see this six, six, six. And I'm not, I don't, if I'm, if I'm at like sheets and that comes up, if I'm buying, I don't want to get a pack of gun, the change, the number, because I don't want, I don't want, you know, I don't want the devil to kind of get my whatever. We, we don't have to get goofy. Can I get a big amen? But I saw that six, 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 like Satan said, I've got a bullseye right on your head. Michael Fiore, the treasurer, he hands me a second check and says, open this second envelope up right now. And you feel awkward doing that, but I opened it up. He said to open, I opened it up, and there was a second check for $666.01. 
And I'm looking at it. I'm look, he says, you notice anything about that shack? Oh, I noticed something about that shack. He says, we know what happened. We know what the bill we call. We know what the, what the bill was. And he said, you notice anything different about that check? I said, Michael, I do. I said, it's six, it's 166 in one cent. He said, do you know why we added a penny to that? And I, I'm not kidding you. I was still emotional with Robin. I said, Michael, I've got no way. You shouldn't have, guys have not, shouldn't have. I have no way. He said, because we never want you. We added a penny that you'll never, never forget that Jesus is always one step ahead of the devil. And to this day, to this day, whenever I see a penny, I say, thank you, God. You're so faithful. You're so good. Who is in the room tonight and you feel so insignificant and so, so, so distant. And that, that Greg, is, the kid you show, that's where God's moving. He's big enough to take care of it all tonight, church. There's somebody breathing in the room tonight. And God's saying to you, you let me and I can break the back of the devil in your life. He's saying, if you let me tonight, I could bring peace and grace in the area of life's disruptions. And then I'm just, I'm not going to appreciate just because I don't want to. Dream, ice cream. Okay. See, I said ice cream. It all came back. See that? <laughs> Excuse me just for a second. It's you. Don't tell anybody what I'm doing. The Lord told me this is for somebody. I just looked at you and God said it's her. It's for ice cream. That's for you. Listen careful. Listen careful. Power over devils. Power over the things in life that want to knock the wind out of us. And that night they bring all the sick, all the disease. He has power over every disease. Tonight, in the name of Jesus, the one who allowed them to plow his back, they beat and butchered the back of Jesus Christ that by his stripes you might be healed on a Saturday night. I speak to cancer. I speak to every disease. I speak to diabetes, every sickness that's known to man and not known to man. I come against things that your grandmother had and your mother had and now you have. And tonight, the great healer, Jehovah Rapha, is present in this room right now. We sang about that name. We've worshiped that name. There's healing in that name. There's not one sickness in this room. I, during the worship, I just sense God just whispering to me that I'm going to heal the sick tonight. I'm going to heal broken bodies tonight. You're going to take away those in severe pain. Listen, uh, your sickness does not intimidate the Lord. And once again, we're not being insensitive or, or, or not looking to ma uh, minimize the battle or whatever. But like always, you magnify the name. We sang about the name all night long long tonight. It's because in that name there's power. And that's why in Acts they told the disciples, stop using the name. Stop teaching in the, because the world recognized there's power in the name of Jesus. So tonight, let's stand together. Come on. Let's stand together. Let's stand together. Tonight, in the name of Jesus, the team can come. 
the name of Jesus, there's healing in this place. There's healing in this room. Would you lift your hand up for the front row to the back right now? Can we just worship Jesus? Will you just say his name over and over tonight? Will you just worship Jesus? Oh, come on, right where you are. There's healing in the name of Jesus. There's deliverance in the name of Jesus. Satan, you are defeated by the name of Jesus tonight. Oh, come on, somebody worship that name right now. Somebody thank God for that name right now. Now, there's power in the wonderful name of Jesus. 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 Look, Greg, what are we going to do? Are you under an attack? Let me say this. If you're in this room, a little bit different tonight. If you're in the room and you have never yet received Jesus Christ as your Savior, Right where you stand, pray a prayer like this. Lord, forgive me for my sin. Come into my heart and save my soul. Just tell the Lord, Jesus, I believe you died on that cross. You rose up from the dead. Just right where you stand, say, Jesus, tonight for the first time, I repent of my sin, and I choose to follow you. I want to follow you. I want to follow you. Let's give a hand clap for anybody praying that prayer right now. I want to follow you. I want to follow you tonight, Jesus. I want to follow you tonight, Jesus. Tomorrow we can do that totally different. You bring those that don't know Christ tomorrow morning. But if you're praying that kind of a prayer tonight to receive Jesus, before you walk out, find somebody that brought you. Find somebody and say, tonight for the first time, I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. The greatest miracle of them all is whenever Jesus saves a lost soul. Amen. Somebody said prayer is the key that unlocks the door and lets Jesus walk into the room. And tonight, we're going to pray. The Lord said tonight, you're to pray and believe for the miraculous. And we're going to do that tonight. And we've dug not a narrow path, but we've kind of broadened it because the parameters of God's power encompass every need that's in this room. Needs that were mentioned and needs that were not mentioned. But if you're in this room tonight, I'm going to count to three in a moment. You know by now, I know what I count to three. Come on. But the moment I say three... In the front row to the back, you say, Greg, it's me. I'm under a spiritual attack. My wife and I have been in those seasons where Satan just unleashes a, an attack. Greg, I'm here tonight, and Greg, I, this warfare in my family, my marriage, my life, my thoughts, whatever. If that's you, how about tonight we believe God for your victory over every power of the devil in your life tonight? If you're here tonight and say, Greg, it's, it's not so much that, but I'm just, something's happened that's knocked the stuffing out of me. I just, I'm sucking wind. That, that divorce that was never anticipated. And that, uh, Greg, I'm, I'm alone now with the death of a, of a loved one. Or maybe you've lost a, a baby. Maybe there's a young couple in the room. You're praying for a baby. There's been infertility and the devil's just hits you up one side and down the other uh, with all these lies, whatever. And tonight God says, I want to breathe life into you. He said, I just want you to give me all your anxiety. I want it all because I care about you. Because I care about you, God says. But when I say three, Greg, I've just got some burden and some stuff. I'm a high school kid and this, this bullying, Greg, I, I feel left out. I'm, I'm struggling with my future or whatever, a, a friend or whatever. Maybe I want to encourage every young person that's got stuff going on to give your stuff to Jesus tonight. 
He's going to touch. And if you're in the room and say, Greg, for me, it's sickness and disease. Tonight, we speak this sickness to bow to the name that's above every other name. For eyes to open, for bodies to be healed, for ears to be open, for the healing power of Jesus to flow like a river all over this room on a Saturday night. Can we just take 10 seconds and thank him for what he's going to do with this altar right now? I thank you, Jesus. It's all you. It's all you, Lord. You paid the price 2,000 years ago. You made an open spectacle of the power of the devil 2,000 years ago. You're the same risen king who's in this room right now. Would you now confirm your word with signs and wonders, I pray. Heal broken minds and bodies and spirits. Would you meet every need that's in this house? And we'll be so careful. We'll be so careful, Lord, to give you all the praise and all the glory. On the count of three, Greg, I'm here tonight. And in one of those areas, or whatever it may be, I need prayer for the touch of Jesus in my life, in my body, in my family, in my mind. If that's you, moment I say three, I want you to leave your seat and come all the way up to the edge of this pulpit platform and just stand in. And we're going to go into a song that you guys have, something simple, familiar. You guys always knock it out of the park. But the moment I say three, I want you to come and stand at this altar. And we'll go to prayer one. You know who you are. Two, three. I want you to come quick right now. Come on. Let faith rise in you right now. We got something we can sing. Let's go right. Beautiful. Let's go right into it. Let's worship. Just come in. Let's stand at this altar, if you would. Let's sing this together. Would you lift a hand up? Come on, church. Let's sing it out together. Come on now. Shine through the shadows. Jesus. Would you worship him right where you are? Come on now. The Lord is here tonight. Your name is power. There's power. Your name is healing. There's healing tonight. Your name is love. Come on, there's room. There's still room at this altar tonight. Come all the way in if you need prayer. Come on. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Let's sing it all the way through. Let's worship. Let's worship. Come on. Let's worship together. Come on. We'll pray in a moment. Your name is power tonight. Your name is healing tonight, Jesus. Your name is healing tonight, Jesus. Every stronghold. Let's sing it through again. Let's worship. Come on, church. Your name is power. Yes, it is. Your name is healing. Yes, it is, Lord. Your name is love. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Just the keys, just the keys. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask this team, just think of the most simple, flowy, nothing, you know, you know what I mean. Just flowy, simple, worship Jesus. 
And we're going to go into a time of worship and prayer at this altar tonight. as anointed team going to sing. You can enter in. But at the altar tonight, we're praying what they prayed in Acts. Lord, stretch out your hand and do the miraculous among the people of God in Wrightsville on a Saturday night. I want you to begin to expect the power of God to flow like a river through your body tonight. I want you to expect for God to bring peace to a troubled mind. He's going to bring peace to you tonight. Every life from the devil will be exposed and broken by the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Every, every attack of hell, every disruption, every sickness, healing tonight in the beautiful name of Jesus. Now here's what we're going to do. We're going to go into worship. I want to ask those in their seats, some are already around the altar, but I want to ask for everyone breathing in the room that's physically able. If you can't, because of whatever reason we get that, it's all good. But if you're able, I just want you to quickly, if you believe in a Jesus that can still do the supernatural. Would you come get behind somebody at this altar right now? There's a prayer team I know, and they're coming in. But I want to ask for, if you're a board member to deacon, you'd already be on your way for sure. I know that. And that would be a given. Every deacon, elder, you're already, I'm sure, already on your way. But I want to ask for every man and woman of God in this room that says, Greg, I believe in the name of Jesus that there's so power for miracles of healing, of deliverance. And we're going to believe God for breakthroughs at the altar. And here's the deal. We're not going to orchestrate this we're not trying to be mechanical but here's the deal when you pray for those around you don't shake them don't push them just lay your hand gentle on them just so gentle don't let it be about us but when you pray for them I want you to pray for them like you don't want somebody praying for you and that doesn't mean that we need to scream, but at the same time, sometimes the intensity of the battle within demands an intensity in our prayer. The Bible says in Acts, when they experienced their first attack in the book of Acts 4, it says they went back to their own people and they lifted their voices together in prayer. There's something about the power of the lifting up of our voice. And I know some might say, well, Greg, God hears my prayers. Yes, God can hear you, but the one you're with can't hear you. They need to hear the prayer of faith that you're praying. So, and, and for some of you, as you pray for those around you, uh, the spiritual gifts are going to activate. You're going to some are going to start praying prophetic prayers. Uh, God's going to give you a word of knowledge and uh, a word of wisdom, and and you'll pray for things that you may have no idea of. Oh, great! What if I don't know? Just just speak Jesus over them tonight. But for the next few moments, it's very simple. We're going to go into worship, and we're going to pray at the same time. We'll close together in a few moments after you pray for hang out if you can till we close together but for right now if we get one thing right may our eyes be on Jesus let's lift hands all over this altar and let's go to worship and prayer right now let's go to prayer right now and ask God for miracles at this altar in the name of Jesus miracles young man all over your